Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. So the problem that we saw last week in Genesis chapter 11 was that you had a group of people that God said, go fill the earth. And when they were called to go fill the earth, they stopped doing that. And they started to hoard, gather, galvanize their power. What did they say? They said they want to make a name for themselves. And humans are particularly tribal. We want to be able to get as much power as possible, keep it to ourselves, hoard it for our own. And what you're going to see in this chapter is, and we mentioned this at the end of last week, where God tells Abraham, I'm going to make you, your name, great, and you'll be a blessing to the nations. What a contrast, right? Chapter 11, let's make a name for ourselves. Uh, if in this chapter is, but in chapter 12, I will bless you and I will make your name great. God wants to administer blessing globally to fill the earth. God wants his presence and his power to bless the earth. And uniquely and weirdly, because I wouldn't do this, he has chosen to use people. That's his plan. He wants to use people. When God wants to administer his unique plan, he could do it on his own. He could write what he wants in the sky, but he decides, I'm going to take people and I'm going to unleash them for my glory. And in this story, we'll see he's going to use Abraham to have a global impact. Now, as I talk about this story, I'll mix Abram and Abraham, you'll hear me say it back and forth. The name Abram means father, and the name Abraham means father of many. So at that time, his name would have been Papa, and then he became Big Papa. And I know <laughs> when God called him that, he loved it when he called him Big Papa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, I'm growing. <laughs> so that's his name means father of many, right? So God changes his name because he wants to bless the world through him. Abraham lived a big life. He lived a huge life. He wasn't in the mundane or the ordinary. He had a tremendous impact. But here's what you miss. Abraham was not a man of vision. He was not a man of education. He was not a man of strategy. He was not a man who had great insight. He was not a man who had a great plan. He was available. He was available. He said yes to the call of God. And I want you to know that I want you to be educated if you're a student, that I want you to be strategic, that I want you to be wise, but I want you to know the greatest impact you will have on earth is when you say yes to the call of God. The calling of God is your greatest impact on the earth. The calling of God that's what God has called you to do. He's called you to 
receive him, obey him, follow him. And education should follow the calling of God. And strategy can follow the calling of God. And planning can follow the calling of God. But if you put plans before calling, you'll never do what God is fully intending you to do. You'll be doing it in your own power. You won't have his strength. and You won't have his hand behind you. God's calling here flows through the life of Abraham, and he does something he could not imagine. There are three things I want you to understand about the calling of God. I rarely am a three-point preacher, amen? Amen. But the anointing, the three-point anointing came on me. I actually have four points, but it just sounds better to say three. The first thing, it's uncomfortable. Say uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. The second thing about this calling is that it's unpredictable. Say unpredictable. Unpredictable. And the last thing you got to understand about this calling is that you're unqualified. (laughs) Say unqualified. (laughs) It's it's uncomfortable. I'm not used to three points. It's uncomfortable, uncomfortable, unpredictable, and you're unqualified. The first thing, look here in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, open up your Bible and your habit. If you look here, it'll be on the screen. Genesis chapter 12, the, the calling that God has given you in, in, in to be in relationship with him and to do what he's calling you to do, it, it is first and foremost uncomfortable. Look here. Uh, now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I'll make you a great nation And I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I'll curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Go back to that first verse there. Look in that first verse. Abram, you're going to have to go. And here's three things you're going to have to leave. You're going to have to leave your country. You're going to have to leave your kindred. And you're going to have to leave your father's house. His country obviously was his physical region. But when he talked about uh, his leaving his uh, kindred, that's his network of relationships, obviously. But then lastly, when he says leave your father's house, he's not just talking about his physical home. He's saying, I want you to leave the specific tribe that you're in in your clan. I'm saying the homies, right? The people that you are really close with. I want you to leave every network of relationship you know. I want you to leave the physical region that you've been around and the people you've called close. I want you to leave. And I want to completely relocate you. Where am I going? To a place I will show you. It is completely Uncomfortable At this time, the only, there's only two types of people that would have ever left their country, their kindred, and their home. It was someone who was out of money, completely poverty-stricken, or you were a fugitive. No one would become a wanderer. No one would become homeless just for the sake of leaving. It was unthought of. Not only that, you'll miss the bigger idea behind Abram if you think that Abram is passing down or receiving a legacy of faith. His 
Father was a moon worshiper. Sarai, her name is derived after the moon god's wife's name. His entire town were moon worshipers. Joshua 24 says it this way. A long ago, your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abram, and Nahor, and they served other gods. This was going to be a complete reorientation to God, relationship, and his physical space. A place you're going to go, people you ain't never met, and a God you're just getting to know. And I'm going to completely relocate, reorientate, change everything you've understood. But I'll bless you if you do it. And so if you're willing to get out of the comfort zone, if you're willing to get out of your security, I will bless you in ways you cannot imagine. Abram, who would become Abraham's life, is a picture, it's a window into dynamic blessing of God. Because God is going to bless him dynamically because of how he will use it. But he's first got to come out of everything he knows. What does this translate to us? The comfort zone is crushing your ability to be fully used by God. I'm only going to do what I know. Then you will not fully experience what God has for you. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? If you have convinced yourself, I'm only going to do the things I'm good at. I'm going to look. I'm going to live. I'm going to have a resume relationship with God where I just kind of say, hey, God, this is what I'm good at. Hook me up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hook me up with things I already know I do well. Like, I kind of need you to kind of be like, you know, like a liaison so I don't fail. Like, can you do that? And God's like, I am completely not with that plan. But I will. But if you're willing to go wherever I call you to go, regardless of your gifts, talents, experiences and insights then I will bless you tremendously. Now, what is the picture of this? When you say, I will leave everything I've understood, here's what you become. You become an only. You see, Abram was the only person following God where he was. He was the only person following God in his family. He was the only person that had heard God's voice. He was... And only. And I want to tell you and someone here right now, some of you feel defeated because you're an only. You're the only Christian in your family. You're the only black man in an organization. You're the only woman in leadership. You're the only teacher that actually loves God. You're the only student that prays before you actually go into a classroom. You're the only And you believe that being an only was meant to be lonely. And that is not the case. God has not called you to be an only so you're lonely. God's called you to be an only so that you make him your only. So that you only serve God. 
So that he's the only one you're depending on. Who could Abraham run to? God. How was God going to, how was he going to get to the next stage? God. Who is he going to lean on? The Lord. God will turn off all the other faucets so that you will only drink from his fountain. Only. And you have thought only meant lonely. You thought only meant weird. You thought only meant cast aside. You thought only meant you were lesser than. Only is a pathway to God's blessing. Only means God has a unique, specific call on my life. I don't need to be like everybody else. Stop looking for what God is calling you to do in everyone else. Stop looking for a copycat scenario of God's divine call in your life. It is copywritten and specific to you. We're all called by God. We're all called to love God, but he has a specific assignment for you. Stop looking off other people's papers. I used to do that in school. My mama said I would never learn, and she was right. Stop looking off other people because you're trying to walk in safety. And he's not calling you to walk in safety. He's calling you to walk in surrender. When you say, God, I don't know what's next, you are, you are saying, God, I don't know what's next. But, but see, when we think we have the plan, we'll say, well, Google, what's next? <laughs> Friend, what's next? And we get a little nervous when we don't have Google and friends to tell us what's next. But I'm trying to tell you, the fact that you can't search for it, the fact that a friend's never done it, the fact that you've never seen it is not an indication that you're out of the will of God. No, God in his mercy has called you to be an only so that he will be your only, your only source. So somebody say uncomfortable. So it's uncomfortable. But here's the other thing. It's unpredictable. You know what I would want? Look back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, what did he say? Go. Go from your country. And then look at the last part. I'll show you. Go. I'll show. Go. The first you got to do is do what? Go. Then what happens next? He'll show. Now, you know what I want. I'll show. Go. Thank you. Thank you. Left, right. You're going to take it right on Sherman Horn. Then you're going to go down a little bit. Then you're going to hook a, you're going to go down Flatbush. Then you're going to go over here. And you're going to see that. And then, you know, there's going to be a man on the corner. And then you go over there. And that is the will of God for your life. (laughs) And that's what we want. We want show? I'll go. Yeah, because I I feel more comfortable. It's extremely safe. I'll say, oh, yes. And that's exactly what he said would happen. Oh, thank you, God. (laughs) And I want to speak specifically to some of you that have not crossed the line in their faith yet. Because some of us who have not made Jesus your Lord, your your primary leader of your life, some of the reasons why you're holding back. I remember when I did college ministry and we'd be like, okay, you know, we want to we want to help you walk with the Lord. They're like, well, what you know, how much can I do with my girlfriend or how much can I do with my boyfriend? And what they're asking is, tell me the specific requirements of this relationship. Tell me my boundaries And then I'll follow you. And what they're actually saying is, I will follow you with conditions first. 
I want this relationship to be conditional. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, why is Abraham the father of faith? Because he had no one to look at. Hebrews 11, 8 says it this way. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he was receiving inheritance. And he went out. And you know what this says? Not knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know. You ever feel? You, when was the last? See, we have, praise God for the GPS on our phone. Does anybody here remember a time? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm talking before MapQuest. Oh, oh, my, my, my. Oh, that's a fear you have not felt. Come on. Come on. Boy, you talk about scared. I mean, I was scared, scared. Where am I? My God. Oh, I lived in a time of being lost, lost. Amen. I mean, I did not, I did not know where I was going. Have you felt that before? You don't know where you're going, but you know you're supposed to go. And I, and I just want you to know, listen. If you don't know where you're going, but you know who you're with, you'll be all right. Mm. Amen. Don't make it about the destination. Yeah. Make it about who you're with. Yeah. You'll be all right. Because okay. there will be moments of deep wonder and concern. <laughs> but he's the father of faith because he went and he didn't know where he was going. Some of you are just, your relationship with God, you're like, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. That's all right. Some of you are trying to do big things for God. You're like, this could fail. That's all right. We don't do things because they're going to work out. We do things because he already saved us. He's already blessed us. And we want other people to experience what we already have. The education will never satisfy your heart. The business will never fully satisfy you. The book will never fully satisfy your heart. But God's blessing, we're supposed to be already fully satisfied, flowing to others. And so he went out not knowing where he was going. You say, well, that was the story. No, that was the pattern of his life. When you look at Abraham, God says, go, I'll show. If you look at the, another section of his life, the Lord says, I'll give you a son. Abraham says, how? He says, I'll show you later. Abraham, that same son, he tells him, go up a mountain and sacrifice him. And Abraham's like, why? He says, I'll show you later. And as you see the life of Abraham, you see deeper and deeper levels of sacrifice. And he has deeper and deeper questions. And I just want to encourage you for the people that told you that the faith gets easier as you walk longer. My experience, and I don't know, you might, be, you might have a different version of the faith. <laughs> but what I saw Abraham experiencing was God would have taken him to a harder place and the moments of his voice would become more distant. <laughs> And he would have to trust in a deeper way. So stop looking to what he did last year about this year. 
well, when I was, you know, when I first moved here, God spoke to me in this way. Well, have you grown, baby? (laughs) Because he extends your faith, often by extending you to seek him more. So it's totally unpredictable. Say unpredictable. Unpredictable. Oh, it's unpredictable. It's not going to be left, right, left, right. But thirdly, you are unqualified. Say unqualified. Unqualified. Oh, you are unqualified. You're unqualified. Isn't that an awesome feeling? You're unqualified. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. A struggle. That's a struggle. Look, Look what he says. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Now, this is received by Abraham, right? The man's name is father, and he has no kids. The man is 75 years old. The brother's wife is barren. So he's 75, no kids, and his wife can't have kids, meaning they tried, and they weren't able to do it. And this man might presume that I should have kids because my name is father, but that didn't work out. In other words, God was calling him to try something he had failed greatly at before. Can you imagine having the name father and with no kids? Can you just, 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 just think about that for a second? I, I always thought I would be. And so he tried, he tried, he tried. He's 75 years old. He tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, he tried. And God says, now, the thing you've been failing at, that's the very thing I want you to do. You see, I, you, think of, you talk about faith. You, want, you know what our greatest faith is? To try again. Yeah. That's, that's Holy Ghost faith. <laughs> when, he try, when you try something you ain't never heard of before like yes this is interesting God Let me try. but when you try something you tried hard and you feel God telling you to try again that's like oh no no, no those are wounds there's <laughs> 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 trauma I don't want to go back to that right and so how is this man going to be a father of many and he doesn't have a he's a father of any he don't have any kids Abraham is not qualified. He's called. That's the answer. He's called. That's that's the simple answer. He's called. And we do not understand that in our economy. Because if you were a computer programmer, what's the first thing I'm going to do? What have you programmed? Show me what you've done. And I'm going to look at your history. I'm going to look at your past. I'm going to go on your LinkedIn. I'm going to do all these different things to see how much expertise you're bringing to the table. Because I want to know, are you qualified for this assignment? And I want you to know God does not work that way. He does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And so the first question is, am I called? Do I know the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I intimate with him? Do we talk on a regular basis? Do I read his word? 
Because once you get the calling of God, meaning you come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, you must increase the voice of the Lord in your life through intimacy with the Father. Intimacy with the Father. You must have intimacy with the Father. It's not just your resume. It's not just, it's intimacy with the Father. You must cultivate a prioritized life of intimacy with the Father. That's the key. Intimacy with the Father. There's nothing else. Intimacy with the Father. Do not put anything before intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not resume, not relationships, not networking. Oh, if I go talk to this person, then everything's going to blow up. Oh, if I get into this situation. No, do not put any kind of education. Do not put any kind of network in front of intimacy with the Father. That will unleash calling and blessing on your life beyond what you could imagine. You are completely unqualified for what God is ultimately calling you to do. Genesis 6, 9 says of Noah. Remember that story we read before of Noah? Noah, the Bible says, Noah was a righteous man. And so it's so encouraging to see that Noah was a righteous man. Blameless in his generation. And you know what it says? Noah walked with God. Now, what what Noah do? Anybody tell me what Noah did? What Noah do? He built an ark. Praise God. He built an ark. People be thinking it's like a deep quiz. They're like, he built an ark. (laughs) He built an ark. Now, so what it says is that Noah was a righteous man. In our economy, we would say Noah was an engineer. Noah was a carpenter. But we don't know if Noah had even seen wood before. We don't know Noah. We don't know. Do we even know that? We don't know Noah's insight about arcs. Had it rained before? Who knows? What do we know about Noah? You say, well, he built an ark. No, no, no. Noah walked with God, then he built an ark. Noah walked with God, then he built an ark. Noah walked with God, and then he built an ark. We put it a different way. Noah walked with God, then he gave him the plan. Then he gave him the expertise. Then he gave him the insight. And I know everything inside of you wants to reverse it. Everything. But Noah walked with God. Now, we don't have details into this exchange, but we do with Moses, if you remember the story of Moses, an incredible story in Exodus chapter 4, right before this, Moses is like, look, this is what I'm going to do. God says to Moses, I am going to take you and you are going to tell, you're going to rebuke the most powerful plant man on the planet. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're going to tell him, uh, you know, I've been listening and, you know, we're going to do this whole let my people go thing. It's going to be incredible. And he gets nervous and he goes, no, 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 I'm going to do some signs and wonders. So this is what, I'm going to back you up and I'm you're going to be hold this rod, it's going to turn into a thing. It's going to be incredible, right? It's going to be an incredible moment, right? And what does Moses do? Moses looks at himself. He hears God's call on his life, and the first thing he does is look at himself. And what does Moses, look at this, this is crazy. Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, and this is what trips me out. He says, I'm not eloquent, Either in the past, he's talking to the Lord. 
He's like, have you checked my, have you, did you see me in the past? I've never been eloquent. But look, this is, this is great. He says, in the past, or since you've spoken to your servant. I ain't seen nothing change since we've been speaking. No, I've, I've been navigating this relationship with you. And I've noticed that I'm still struggling to talk. Right? So what he's doing is he's hearing the plan. He's looking at himself. He's saying, I'm not a, you want me to communicate? I'm not a communicator. And and I haven't been a communicator since we've been together. (laughs) You feel me? Right? Then he goes, I am slow of speech and of tongue. And some people would say that he stuttered. Right? Then the Lord said, and this might be one of the illest statements in the whole Bible. (laughs) I mean, top ten. What? Who has made man's mouth? Yo, that's crazy. That is crazy. I made your mouth. That's one of the illest statements I ever seen. He literally, my mouth, my, I made your mouth. I think that's better than amen. I really feel like that's, can we make that the new amen? I am fully aware of your past and I am fully aware of your potential. I am fully aware of your past and I am fully aware of your potential. I am fully aware of your past and I am fully aware of your potential. I know everything you've done wrong. I know everything you will do. I made you. I've got a plan for you. I've designed you. Do not think about you. Think about me. I made your And I tell, I tell people this all the time. When, I, when, I, when God called me into church planting, every church planter I met, they were like super degreed. They had all this education. And if they didn't have education, they were like super businessy. They would have pie charts and graphs. And they're like, well, I feel like God's calling me to Mozambique. And so here's all the people. And this is, a, and I would be up there like, wow. And so like, James, do your president. I'm like, y'all want to hear some jokes? Y'all want to hear some jokes? So a man was walking in the room with another man. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I had never seen someone like me. And so I kept presuming that God just wanted to do in me what he had done in others. But God calls those who are unqualified. Because he becomes their qualification. And I stand here not as a church planner who has gifts, I stand here as a church planner who has God. That's my unique advantage. Oh, James, you like to be in front of people. I like to be in front of people with God. I don't like to be in front. You ever been unprepared in front of people? Is that not one of the wildest feelings? Isn't all your thoughts just racing? No, no, I don't like to talk in front of people. I like to be with God and then talk to people. I stand up here not in eloquence. I stand up here submitted, surrendered to the power of God. And if you would make surrender your advantage, oh, you know, I'm 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 going to kill this because... If it's not surrender, you are on the wrong track. Surrender is your advantage. Surrender is your advantage. That's your advantage. 
I'm surrendered. I'm gifted. No, you're surrendered. And gifting follows that. But you surrender your life, your moments, your daily habits unto the Lord. And his face shines upon you. His face shines upon you. People start seeing something in you and you know it's the Lord. Why? Because I've been on the mountain. Oh, I've been on the mountain with him. And if you see something in me, it is just a reflection of him. I'm surrendered. And that is your unique advantage. And so it's completely uncomfortable. The call of God is completely uncomfortable. It's absolutely unpredictable. And yes, you are radically unqualified. But when you operate in the calling of God, here's what happens. God unleashes you to do things you could not imagine. He says in verse 3, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'll make you a great nation, but do not forget the so that. I'm going to bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. That's why I'm blessing you. I am blessing you so that you will be a blessing. I bless you. You bless others. That's the way it works. What is blessing? Blessing is when someone is under the protection, the favor, the love of God, the shadow of his wings. It creates an inner state of well-being. You feel the prosperity of Christ in your soul and the blessedness comes from unhindered fellowship. The Bible says in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit and you won't satisfy the sinful nature of the flesh. It says keep in step with the spirit. The spirit of God will guide you to everything you are ultimately called to do as you walk daily in his presence. You receive the blessing of God and you offer it to others. I bless you. You bless others. The blessing of God in your life was always meant to be shared. It was never meant to be hoarded. And so you're supposed to be a person that blesses others. Blesses others. I want to be a loving person. No, no, no. Don't try to be a loving person. Receive the love of God and offer the love of God to people. Ooh, man, I'm trying to be patient. Mm, Don't try to be patient. Receive the patience of God and then offer people the patience of God. You're only performing. We all can do pretend patience. I just want more joy. Get the joy of God. Receive the joy of God and offer the joy of God to others. Do not try to manufacture Christian morality. That is something much different than offering the blessing of God. That's our problem as a country. We're so-called we're Christian performers, and we the Bible acts like a script. No, we are not here to act like Christian. We are here to be submitted to the power of God. And we receive his blessing. And we receive his power. And then you've, you've got so much joy. Man, you, you come get some of this. Some of y'all gonna make some, some bomb desserts. I'm ready. 
I'm ready. Some of y'all gonna make some, oh man, it's gonna be, man, don't, don't make it gluten-free nothing. I wanna, some of y'all, some of y'all gonna make some, some of y'all gonna make some bomb desserts, right? And you're gonna, you're gonna get some, some like sweet potato pie. I just, I prophesied that over your life. Some of y'all, spirit of God, some of y'all gonna make some sweet potato pie. And you're gonna see somebody walking by, and you're gonna be like, you want, come get some of this. This is too good not to share. I wanna share one quick video with you. A friend of mine, his name is Nick Sasfi, and just watch the video. Nick Sasfi and his wife, they have a little kid, and they went to uh, a music festival, and their little boy, their little boy, normally, now think about this, thousands of people at a music festival, you think you're going to hold the child's hand the whole time, but he, he got away. And then what he kept doing is he kept just walking up to people, hugging them, <laughs> and hugging them. And he, this little boy, caused such a stir. Now you would think, oh man, let, keep him by my side, right? He's a two-year-old kid. But because they knew what he was doing, he just kept hugging people, and hugging people, and look at him interrupting people, just interrupting folk, just interrupting folk, just interrupting folk, just interrupting people. Look at him just interrupting people. Look, 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 look. You think you're interrupting people, but people want to receive the love of God. You think you're interrupting people. People can't wait for the love of God. Look at that, that's joy. weren't prepared for this they don't even know it's coming look 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 at that look at that look at that yeah get, come get some of this then I got other kids doing it yeah yeah look, let's do it too you can stop it you can stop we'll be here all day with this you are blessed to be a blessing to just share that blessing when when the Atlantic Antic comes here, we're not trying to, we're not trying to manufacture church growth. That's for somebody else. We're trying to say, I am so blessed. I don't want to hoard the blessing of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we are blessed to be a blessing. God, would you spread the love of God through me? Would you spread the joy of God through me? Would you spread the favor of God through me? Would you spread the kindness of God through me? Can I share you with others? Not, not in some kind of way to just win people, but I want people to experience the presence of God. I want people to experience the joy of God. So God, use me, and I know it's going to be uncomfortable. And I know it'll be unpredictable. God, I know I'm unqualified, but I believe you will unleash me to be a blessing in Jesus' name. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. 
you can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you and we hope to see you soon.